What's interesting is we've had three now, not solicited, three students from colleges send us notes saying they wanted to be an intern. And they came in and because of it, they either went off and had huge success on their own or they actually joined our community. And they were just looking to get some education. So we have 20 year olds up to 78 years old in the community. And the most recent intern was in high school. He was 18. And he went oh, off and did deals. That. Crazy young. Imagine learning that skill set that early. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Chris, a 2X Inc. 5000, fastest growing company focusing on transforming W-2 employees into creative financing real estate investors with over 100 million in transactions completed. He hosts the Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast which has over 400 plus episodes. Welcome to our show, Chris. Thanks, Shane. Pleasure to be here. Well, I know we talked about this and it's exciting, but this is the idea that we had about what I would like to gain from you in the 20 minutes we have together is to how to create $1 million worth of assets in one year with zero money. You got it. I'm going to make yes. one tweet to that. One tweet. Please. Yes. $10 per asset. Okay. So how many assets are we talking about? It's usually going to run in the range of eight to 12 in the single family realm. Sure. I'll give you two stories on that if you want. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Coming out of the crash, we only buy properties three ways and they don't okay. include banks and they don't include gobs of your own cash, as we just alluded to. So they're going to be what? They're going to be lease purchase or owner financing primarily or subject to existing financing. So I'm going to give you two examples. One, when I came out of the crash, I had zero. I had negative money. I had no credit and I was not bankable whatsoever. So I created my first 12 deals by way of lease purchase with a $10 deposit pre-written into the contract. The lease purchase allows me to control the property. I didn't transfer deed. I will cloud title so that they can't sell it. And then here's how you create the million. And we call it three paydays. We've trademarked this in the United States, the three paydays, so that you're not doing a real estate deal and getting one check. You're getting a real estate deal and creating wealth by creating three paydays now, continuous, and long-term. So I went out and created three, sorry, 12 deals in my case with average paydays around 75 grand or more. And we got up to almost 1.2 million and it wasn't even a year. It was from August of 13 till December of 13. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I said to my wife, wait a minute. So we created these three paydays. All the cash now doesn't all come in. Payday one and two stops. Payday three is down the road. So you created these. You have all the assets. They're worth more than a million. But the income is a million. And you get this, put that on a spreadsheet and say, wow, okay, I have all this cash now. And I can see in the spreadsheet where it's going to drabble in over the next one, two, three, four years, that became a game changer where we started trademarking it and teaching it to others because that's pretty powerful versus I've been at this 32 years. My first 18 was do a deal, get paid. That's it. That's a treadmill. That's transactional. That's a job in my opinion. Not to, I'm not putting down any other niche. It's just that the trademark system is pretty cool. Then 
We had a student in Chicago, Brian. He was a elevator salesman for 17 years. No real estate experience except for one property of his own. He went out and did it with eight deals. Eight deals. He got up to about $888,000. It's all three paydays. So he's way past that now. So it probably took him nine or 10 deals. It took me 12 to get to the million dollar mark for three paydays. So you think of that, you go, okay, there's a gentleman right here in my neck of the woods, not two hours from me, a student. He worked for the government for 30 years, 30. We taught him how to do some owner financing deals. His first five deals was half a million, 100 grand each, all three paydays. Now, I'm not insinuating with this short time we have together that it's easy. I'm not. It's a skill set in creative real estate, though. Once you learn it, nobody can take it from you. You can use it to buy your own house every seven years if that's what you want, whatever you, but you can also go out and create some serious wealth by creating the three paydays. So is this only available in the United States, right? No, no, we have students in Canada. The only thing that changes in Canada, as you probably know, is data. It's a little yeah. different to get data. So we can just get expired listings here. And if you're not a realtor in Canada, you're not going to get that. But you can still mail. You can still talk to us. You can do everything else. There's a gentleman so, that was on his podcast in Canada that's been at this longer than me. And he does creative real estate. And he's actually retired now. But I love being on his show because he's just the creative real estate master of Canada. Or used to be. So yeah, you can do it in Canada. Canon should. So the three payday, how does this work? How do yeah. they find a property? And then the ownership obviously is not on your name. It's still owned by the property owner. You're in just the lease case. The yeah. Lease. Yeah. yeah. So can you explain that part? Yeah. And ownership would be in your name if you do. I know you guys, instead of auto financing, we call it vendor holdback or vendor take back. It's vendor financing. What happens is we have virtual assistants who will call sellers and the conversation will be something like, Hey, if you, could you wait for your equity? In other words, if we got you your price, could you wait for your equity? Or do you need it out to go buy another home right away? Family situation or whatever might cause that answer. If they can wait and they want top dollar, but they can wait, we're going to do a deal with creative financing. If it's a lease purchase to your point, no deed transfers. I just control it. If it's vendor financing or owner financing in the U S we are going to buy that property and we're going to be paying the owner instead of a bank. That's the only difference. How do you create the three paydays? The three paydays, and I'm just being cognizant of our time shape. We can go back to any piece of this you want. The three yeah. paydays are, I'm putting buyers in that home that need the vehicle of rent to own. They need the vehicle because they can't qualify for a loan yet. They either don't have enough down payment or they, during COVID, went and started their own business because they were tired of corporate. That happened by the hundreds of thousands of people. And when they go get financing, the bank requires a little more seasoning, they call it time. They need more time. So instead of waiting in the market going right past them, if prices go up, they get to get into one of our homes, lock in their price while they work on being financeable for a year, two or three. So their payday one is, our payday one is, they put a down payment down. It's like a buyer would put a down payment down. In fact, in Canada, it's easier because it's prevalent that it's closer to 20% not crazy loans like in the US, like 3% or 7% or 10. So I love it in Canada for that reason. Second payday, I, when I control that house or buy that house, I'm paying something to the bank or the seller. I'm putting the buyer in the home and I'm collecting a lease payment that's something bigger than that. And that delta I keep, and that's payday two. Payday three, okay. I mocked the property up when I sold it and I accumulate all that principal pay down during the deal. So any principal pay down on the loan or to the seller, accumulates to me. Average three paydays mm -hmm. all around North America range from a low of 45 grand to a high of 250 grand. That's why when you asked me right away at the beginning, hey, 
I want a million dollars. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's very predictable and simple if you're willing to get after it. So Chris, doing the vendor buyback deal with a seller, what protects them? Yeah, good question. They have first position on the home, just like a banquet. Okay. Yeah, so let's say the, if the listeners have ever bought their own home, there's a settlement statement of some sort, depending on where you are and what county. But on that settlement statement, it shows the new bank money coming to the table. Instead, it just shows owner financing or vendor a holdback. And then you're paying the payment to them, but they have a mortgage on the property just like a banquet and they're secure. So that keeps them secure. There's tons of people that are looking for that opportunity to get a house, to get into a house. So finding that part is easier. You nailed it. It is easier. It's harder to, it's not impossible. It's just harder to get the property. Yeah. And then yeah. the selling side, like my son, Nick handles that for our team and the students. And he's got it down to a science. So it's a lot of automation, a lot of online. But just picture this number. I don't know the stat in Canada, but in the United States right now, and I'm sure- Most of our here, audience is in the US, so- Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So here's a number, pretty scary for buyers. With all the interest rate craziness that went on, what just happened was you pushed a, you pushed hundreds of thousands of buyers to the street, right? Because they can't afford it. A year and a half ago, they probably thought, oh, we're going to buy this nice house. And now they go, oh, it just doubled. I can't do it. So they're disheartened. They're, I, we've had people in tears. They can with this program. They just need more time. That's pretty cool. But you know what the stat is in the US? It's 82% of the buyer applications the top mortgage brokers are receiving can't qualify today. 82%. Yeah. That's a whole wow. pool. They're not all great parental, but that's a big pool that you can pick from for buyers. For mm, sure. Yeah, so that is easier. Payday two and pay, payday three was the equity of the increase of the home. Yeah, the increase of the home plus all the principal pay down. Because I'll give you an example. Yeah. I'm standing in my building that I bought this way. It's, it was free and clear, no mortgage. And we paid principal payments monthly. Picture that, no interest. So you, all that pay down that your buyer is essentially paying monthly, at the end of that, you get all this equity in the property. So you should have the buyer lined up before you go and you find a seller, correct? Because you don't uh, want to be stuck with the monthly payment. A little bit, a way to get there is this. Okay, so most mm. niches, wholesaling, rehabbing, they say, build a buyer's list. You don't have to build this buyer's list with this. What you do have to do, and all our agreements are set up this way, is if I'm purchasing your home, it, or controlling it with lease purchase, it says right in it, this is contingent upon us finding our buyer first. And we have 90 or 120 days to get that done. Okay, good. Yeah. Now, are there deals that come on our plate that, now that we have experience in deals and cash flow, that people are, let's say, in trouble and they need bailing out right away and they need a definitive date and we remove the buyer contingency sometimes? Sure, if there's enough upside. You know, somebody mm -hmm. is in trouble, we'll leave everything on the table and just say, help me. I'm in, I'm behind two months or whatever. We'll capture mm -hmm. 50 or 100 grand in equity. If I can do that, I'll take the contingency out. So no Chris, problem. you have tons of students, right? I believe in thousands. Is that correct? Uh, we have an application process for students because we actually do deals with them. Should. We do deals oh. with them. So it's active. Like we're revenue sharing with them and they're cool. learning interactively, no better way. So there's about 140 of those in the, throughout North America. And then there's another thousand or so that just go through the course and they can go do their own thing if they want. So what is the percentage for both of them of a success rate? We have about an 83%. We track two things. We track active, meaning you came in the program and you hung out. You did what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you came to or the, do the, nothing. Yeah. You didn't do nothing. Yeah. And you didn't, it doesn't mean you broke sales a record with how many deals you're getting. It just means yeah. you're meeting your goals because your goals might be different than mine. 83% are mm -hmm. active that we bring in. That's pretty good. 
Good. And then we yeah. are working tirelessly on what we call TFD. It means time to first deal. Because if we can get every student's time to first deal what shorter, is that? they're not leaving. Yeah. And so we're going to down to 153 days right now for their so, first deal. So four or five months. Five yeah, months. that counts the person like this guy, Adam, just came in did two deals in 32 days. But that also counts the person that had a life event and did nothing for you. We count everyone. So everyone included yeah. 153 days. Let's go through the steps right now. Chris, for someone listening to this episode and says, I want to get a million bucks in one year with $10 per application, whatever that amount was, yeah. to get it done. And, and what do I have to do? What is my next step? Can you explain the process? Sure. I would tell them, be ready for a learning curve because you got to get the skill set embedded into you. So you want to first go through the master's class. If you can deal with listening to me for another hour, you go through a free master's class. I'm big on free. After, and I'll give you the links later for this. They go to the master's class, then they would make an application to Smart Real Estate Coach, and they get on a phone with a strategist. The strategist has one thing in mind. It's not a sales call. It's, hey, where are you now? What do you got for income or no income? What do you got going on? Where do you want to be ideally in the real estate space? And then what the heck are the roadblocks? Let's see if we can help you with those. And if we can, we got to fit. And if you fit with the community, because we're very picky on who we take in. But that's it. It's a simple process. I can give you a I want to give everybody a free book, but I can give you the free book link. I can give you the master's class link if you want. Good. I already have it. Your assistant sent it. Great. Um, or someone from your office. So from there, they meet with you to work together to find the deals as yeah. well. So what happens is our online platform, I won't even call it a course because it's like a massive resource center that even the best of the best students still use. So you're going to have that mm. at your disposal. Then you're going to meet on Zoom minimum once a week with your group, but we hold a bunch of free calls to masterminds to your point every Thursday night. We have all kinds of sessions, but you're going to be plugged into the community, the Wicked Smart community and have just an immense amount of help. This is very much interested. So even students getting involved in this, the younger age. Oh yeah. What's interesting is we've had three now, not solicited, three students from colleges send us notes saying they wanted to be an apprentice or they wanted to do a, what do you call a program? Gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Intern. And they came in and because of it, they either went off and had huge success on their own or they actually joined our community and they were just looking to get some education. So we've, we have 20 year olds up to 78 years old in the community. And recently, the most recent intern was in high school. He was 18. And he went oh, off and did deals. That. Crazy young. Yeah. Imagine learning that skill set that early. Yeah. I wish that, was a, that would have been great. Can you share the investment that's required to be part of this? Yeah. The course itself, the resource center, I called it, it's called Quantum Leap System. It usually retails for like 1500 bucks. If they see my class, they'll get it for a thousand bucks. That has, that could be a $15,000 program that has 60 videos, audios, live calls, live deals. My son-in-law, the students, pretty intense. After that, they'll decide, I want to go on my own or I want to join one of the programs. So there's a 90-day program. It's less than five grand. And then there's a, a little bit longer, 180 days, because that puts them within the time to first deal, remember, for a little bit more. But that gets them on the road to, okay, I can do this. And keep in mind with the three paydays out. The three paydays run from 45 grand to 250. So it's a no-brainer if they want to commit and do it. Can you share some of the factors that influence that gap? I don't know mm. if you mentioned. No, I can't. As far as the forty-five progress, to yeah. I'll tell you what a big oh, one is. 45,000. Oh, the payday. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. 45,000 to 200,000. Heavy on price range. So our mm. family team in this area, we're about 75, 78 grand. 
Whereas one of our coaches is out in California. He doesn't do a deal under a million and all his paydays are a hundred plus. Rick, who I mentioned in New Hampshire, all his deals are hundred plus, but it's all price. It's either price driven because they're higher end or they're doing more owner financing deals that have that principal component, that principal pay down component that I mentioned. Because if you're doing that, I'll give, mm. you, I'll give you a metric right now. If you're buying a house, any property for 200 grand or higher, and you're structuring at least a four-year deal with a seller, and you structure monthly principal payments of at least a thousand, all three paydays, a hundred grand every time. If you just, those three criteria. So if you're in a higher price range area, or you do more on a financing, you're going to get up in the six figures quicker than anyone else. Per deal. Hmm. Real estate can be scary for some, especially when it's a new thing, like any yeah. new thing. In your experience, what roadblocks that they have faced going through something like this and what advice you can share with them to be prepared for something that they can work on beforehand? This is a good one. A couple of things in no particular order. One is managing expectations, believe it or not, because there's too many programs that are being marketed heavy that have no yeah. support coming behind it like we do. And so they buy it and then they go, oh, I'm all by myself. I'm an island. Then they quit. That's sad, but true. So I say manage your expectations. Two, very important, find someone in the industry. I don't care what niche you want. If you want to do creative real estate, I'm biased to it, of course. But if you want to go do apartments, whatever it is, find someone in that industry, because this causes problems if you don't, that has been through economic cycles. Unfortunately, I've been through a whole bunch of them, right? But you live and learn through those. And there's a lot of people that started since the 08 crash or since COVID. And if you're learning from them, what are you going to do when you hit a roadblock? They haven't been through it. So how can they help you? And the roadblocks come, okay? That's just called normal. And third, when I said manage expectations, keep your blinders on for at least three years. Biggest advice I can tell someone. Not that it's going to take you three years to do a deal, but you won't quit when you get the, the least bit of a curveball thrown at you because you commit it to three years and you'll go through the learning curve. The last one is... Moving from a, w, a J-O-B, W-2 in the U.S., to an entrepreneur is sometimes harder than you, they think. I've had some of my best students leave their job, like the one I just mentioned, go, oh, this is weird. I don't know what to do during the day. Like, they need more help than they did when they had their job because they just, uh, just making that transition is different mentally and financially. So those are the things they see get in the way. But quite frankly, if you put the blinders on and follow a mentor that's been through cycles, you'll be in good hands. You can't screw up unless you disappear. Finding these deals, right? I don't know if you call them deals, but finding yeah, these do. properties. Yeah. So finding these deals must be with your influence in the market. There must be many students that are going after that specific property. Are students facing that issue or is that just an assumption? Are they facing multiple bids on a property and having to fight for it? Is Not that in the creative space. Coming? You know, so you're right, generally speaking, because there's if you're in wholesaling or rehabbing, where you're trying yeah. to buy that property cheap, that's who we run into. And we shine because of it. The owner will say, oh, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. You want to steal my property. Or you want to buy 60 cents on the dollar. And we go, no, yeah. no, we actually will pay you market value if we get the right term. That's a different conversation hmm. than the wholesale yeah, or rehabber has. Yeah, that is a more attention grabbing as well. It's more interesting for the seller. Yeah, now I will tell you this though, where this is going is creative real estate right now in 32 years, I haven't seen this much demand in it. So I will say to your question that numbers are going to grow dramatically in the next five years. So if you're listening, going, oh, I wonder if I could get it. If you ever heard of a wave or someone, something growing fast, it's creative real estate right now. Good, bad, or otherwise for, your, for where you are in your life listening. I would tell you 
find out quickly how you can immerse yourself in creative real estate in some shape, form, or fashion. We have large communities of wholesalers and rehabbers calling our company saying, could you please teach our community how to do creative real estate? Because oh. they know where the market's going. So if you're listening, now's time. If you hear stories about people that time things, this is the time for creative real estate. It makes sense because they might be facing troubles right now. And then your offer is much more glamorous for a seller. But one point that just came to mind, you said 60 to 90 days, there's terms usually the seller has to wait, pay the bills while he's in contract with you guys. Are they usually okay with that? As long as you're solving, see, a seller either has a problem to be solved or fixed, or in the case of a free and clear person, they don't have a debt. They're trying to accomplish a goal that the market can't get them to. Like this building, I gave them full price. The market didn't give them that. And, and I got my term. Mm. So if you can do those two things, they don't mind. You're not going to sell mm. them or convince them or anything. If you're solving something or helping them something, you can get your term. That's the short yeah, that's answer. Good. And, and like I said, if they're leaving enough money on the table, you can take the contingency away after you get a few deals going. But when you're brand new, you don't want to come out of pocket. When you started, you said you had no credit. It was really tough, nothing. right? When you went into Zero. the prop. Yeah, so nothing. That seller, don't they check your credit history? Don't they check oh, no. what you're all about? If you have a good name? Check. Okay. First part, no, because we don't do personal signatures. So at, never in my career, oh, okay. someone check my, never. I would never give some my oh. social, no. Okay. Not like a bank. But right. in the second part of your comment, will they in these days Google you and check you? Of course. Yeah. So yeah. I teach our students how to right away get into the B, the Better Business Bureau in the United States. Oh, good. Get That's part right of it. Away. They all check it. Whether mm -hmm. you think so or not, they're checking you in there. And yeah, I, if I'm an ax murderer, they're not going to sell me their house. So they, <laughs> yeah, they check you. Yeah. All right, you know, Chris. You know, it was wonderful talking. Sorry. Sorry. The beauty with that is when you're yeah. in our community, this is really cool. When you're in the community, you say, hey, you know what? Good question. I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to have my senior associate call you. And one of the coaches or me calls the seller. Instant credibility. I had a student just last night, great guy. His mom and dad inherited a house. He said, I wanted to go on a financing with you. Well, he's new with us. So he called me very upset and he said, they have no confidence in me doing this. They were down in me. Will you talk to them? I said, sure. I talked to his mom and dad last night for 10 minutes, 10. This morning, he emailed me and said, Chris, thank you so much. They're going to do the deal with me. They just needed confidence. That's all they needed. Yeah. They needed someone who's been around and that's what the community and, offers. Any one of the coaches calls yeah. a student's seller, they're going, boom, I'm in. And that's great because you're putting your name into the deals with your students. That has a lot of value. That's why- it's credibility. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? I'm going to tell you what I used to tell the kids when they were young. My kids are in their 30s now. And that is discipline. I say to them, I don't care if you're selling popcorn or you're selling hot dogs on the side of the road or you're building a business. Discipline, you'll have success yes. if you can practice. Because most people go, I can do it. But discipline takes work. It takes a lot of work. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Can the student be virtual for the whole process? It, uh, okay. it is virtual. COVID mm. made this very acceptable to walk through the house on FaceTime or Zoom. So they can. Do I suggest they have boots on the ground at some point? Could be just a home inspector or a contact or a friend, but boots on the ground to be, yeah, I do. So there's ways to do it. I have teams that operate in different states, but let me say this. You guys can help with that. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. it's an international student. You can find it. You can find help. Yeah. If it's 
So if it's an international student, they can work with you guys in that community to help each other out when it's needed. Yeah, they probably find the help right in the community without needing to go find other boots on the ground. Cool. So to speak. Yeah. Awesome. It was great talking to you, Chris. It was Same wonderful. Here. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Audience, thank you for joining us for another episode. Chris's information will be in the show notes. Take a look at what he's talking about here because it sounds exciting and it is not that big of an amount to get involved with this and learn this creative way to get into a property as it's getting really hard. Chris mentioned a big number there, 82%. They're not yep. getting approved. And I believe it's pretty similar in Canada as well and many other countries. It's getting more and more difficult. You need to get creative in a legal way. And that's what he's offering. So appreciate you guys. See you next time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for helping us grow. And Chris, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.